Why didn't you mention the dance? Because I'm not going. Oh. Oh. Why aren't you going? Because I hate dances. Good answer. Except, you've never actually been to a dance. So? So you really have nothing to compare it to. No, but I can imagine it. It's true. However, not really, since you've never actually been to one, you're basing all your dance opinions on one midnight viewing of 16 Candles. references Gilmore Girls. We watch movies that are mentioned and we'll talk about them now. <laughs> we are now talking about 16 Candles. I was unprepared for that. Because there really wasn't like a theme song. <laughs> no, which is why I was fully unprepared for that. Well, 16 Candles. No, yeah. I gotcha. I know why. 16 I just wasn't... Yeah, no, I Candles. got it. Got it. When I was in college, I got a Capital Steps album, um, which, do you know who the Capital Steps are? No. It's a, like, political, satirical parodies. Uh-huh. And the title of one of their albums was 16 Scandals. Oh, yeah. I don't remember. I haven't heard it forever, but that's whenever I think about the song 16 Candles, that's what I think of. Interesting. There you go. <laughs> so we're talking about 16 Candles. I'm Philip. I'm Courtney. <laughs> Where is 16 Candles mentioned in Gilmore Girls? It is mentioned in Season 1, Episode 9, Rory's Dance. Lorelai says that's true, however, not really. Since you've never actually been to one, you're basing all your dance opinions on one midnight viewing of 16 Candles. And in Season 6, Episode 6, Lorelai says, Then I turned to Taylor and I said, Taylor Dosey, if you don't put us back on the map, it will be Molly Ringwald giving her underwear to Anthony Michael Hall, and he shows it to a room full of boys who've all paid a dollar to see it. What was the midnight showing of? 16, 16 candles. <laughs> this is going to be fun. I'm tired because I have small kids, but also because I'm married to you. <laughs> and I'm also really tired. I just show it differently than you do. Oh my what is your history with this movie? I've seen it lots of times. I don't even remember the first time I saw it. But okay. I've seen it a lot. It's, I just feel like it's a movie that you see at like sleepovers and stuff. I did not. I have never seen this movie. Really? However, I feel like I've seen every scene. Like, I haven't seen the movie. Oh, I but, like, I... parts of different scenes look familiar to me. I don't think I knew you hadn't seen it. So, not every scene. But, like, there, there were a number of scenes that I know I've seen that scene before. But I don't think I've actually ever seen the movie. Interesting. I've also never seen Pretty in Pink. I've definitely, that one I've only I've, seen, like, once. I've definitely never seen that. Like, I going into this, I knew what this movie was about. But I have no idea what Pretty in Pink's about. That one I've only seen once. I've also never so seen... So I don't know it that one. Also never seen Weird Science. I've never seen Weird Science. That's with Anthony Michael Hall as well. Yeah, I've never seen that one. But anyways, I've seen but Breakfast Club. I was going to say... I've seen, seen that Club. numerous times. Yeah, I've seen that We'll watch that in the second season of Gilmore Girls. I think they mentioned I'm Breakfast sure they, Club. I know they do them several times. Yeah. So let's talk about this movie. We start off with Samantha Baker, who is connected to Gene Kelly. So let's go oh. ahead and play the 10th most possible, 10th <laughs> most popular segment in podcast history. How do you make something that's popular?
regular impossible. I don't know. Five degrees, five degrees or less of Gene Kelly. Molly Ringwald was in a movie called Tempest with Gina Rollins. Gina Rollins was in Lonely or the Brave with Walter Matthau. And then Walter Matthau was in Hello Dolly, which was directed by Gene Kelly. So I will not use Molly Ringwald when we do Breakfast Club. I'll switch Oh, yeah, off, I was going to so say. I, ca I can't use her again. Yeah. So, yeah. I feel like there's going to be a few Molly, because we're going to watch Breakfast Club. We're going to watch Pretty in Pink. There's Pretty another Pink. one. There's another one. It's a made-for-TV movie. I wonder if we'll be able to get out. We might not be able to watch it. What is it? It's something about Molly Ringwald being pregnant. Oh. At the prom or something. Okay. I know there's a TV movie. For Keeps. That's oh. what it was called. I know there's a TV movie that we're supposed to watch. like Judy, The Joan and Melissa the, River story? I don't know. The oh. Judy Garland one. Like My Shadows oh, or yeah. something. And I have no idea. And I looked that up because this is the first season. It's not on YouTube? I have no idea how to. I don't know. So some of those might be a little bit different. I'm really excited to watch the Joan and Melissa River story. So I hope you can right. find that one. We won't be able to. Because I don't want to watch it. No, we'll find it. I'm so excited. Okay, so Sam Baker, played by Molly Ringwald, struggles to get through the day of her 16th birthday because she wakes up and her entire family has forgotten because her older sister, Jenny, is getting married the next day. You want to bring up what you mentioned yesterday? Yes. Okay, so when Jenny announced her wedding date, the whole family should have gone, oh, that's the day after Sam's birthday. And then oh, that's great. We can all see Sam when we're there for the wedding. And then they would put it together. If nothing else, they could have been like, oh, the rehearsal dinner, we could have a cake for Sam or something. something. Yeah. Yeah. And I, it was funny because you mentioned that and I was upset at you because I was going to mention that on the podcast too because I thought about that as it well. It has bothered me every time I've watched it. Whenever they set the wedding date, they should have connected it then. Hey, that's after Sam's birthday. Because and I then they have it connected whenever it actually happens. I also think about, it always reminds me of our wedding. Our wedding was two days after your best man's birthday. Mm -hmm. And we were planning on having our bachelor bachelorette parties on his birthday. Mm -hmm. I always knew, oh, that's Brad's birthday. It's not like I was so busy that day that I forgot that it was Brad's birthday. I knew it was Brad's birthday because when we made the plan, we realized we were planning it on Brad's birthday. It's the same with this. Makes me crazy. Major plot holes. Although I do realize that in the 80s, wedding weekends weren't really a thing anymore they didn't do like the bachelorette party like right before as much and they didn't do like the rehearsal dinner the same way we do now so maybe i'm trying to get there but i still feel like it's really dumb because i imagine if she said i'm getting married on this day the whole family would have said oh that's the day after sam's birthday luckily that's the only annoying aspect of this movie yeah this movie's super so problematic we should we'll probably get, we'll start get with it as we okay. do. It's really popular. So Sam is infatuated with, at that time, popular and attractive singer Jake Ryan. Pause, though. She's Hold played, on. I'm talking. I know, but I need to pause it. She's by her ongoing infatuation with Jake. Why are you looking at me? Because I thought there was going to be more to it because you just told me to stop interrupting you so that you could repeat exactly the same thing. Because I don't like being interrupted. 16 candles. Have you listened to our own podcast? That's what we do. You talk about the show and when I have stuff I want to say, I, I, I wasn't prepared you. for you to interrupt me. When Sam says... Welcome to our therapy session. When... <laughs> it's not going well. <laughs> <laughs> when Sam says, they forgot my effing birthday. Have you seen a bunch of shows that have, like, redone that? Or is it just a girl show thing? I have no idea what you're talking about. Okay. I know what you're talking about. I know what you're trying to get at. I've never seen a show that has parodied that line. I feel like there's another one. Line. I can't remember the other one right now, but I know... 
for sure than Heart of Dixie. If anyone has watched Heart of Dixie except for me. I've watched part of Heart of Dixie. I know, it's really good. Brick Breland, the doctor, they all forget his birthday. Mm. But what he, he's, I don't know. I was going to say he's significantly older, but he's probably about the same age that yeah. they were when they filmed it. it Everyone leaves the house and he realizes they forgot and he goes, they forgot my friggin' birthday. But it's like the way he says it, oh, that's right. not how she said it. She said it very monotone the way that a teenager would. And he was like, they forgot my friggin' birthday. <laughs> like really animated. Yeah. And I feel like there's another show. I can't think of it right now, but I feel like there's another show that they do it in. Well, Heart of Dixie has our podcast of the Goldberg Girls Movie Night podcast. Uh, number one fan is in that movie. Reginald Vell Johnson. So he's our Reginald, biggest fan. Yeah, you didn't know that, did you? Reginald, if you were listening, we love you. He's great on that show. <laughs> I'm, I'm not gonna lie. Like Dash DeWitt on Heart of Dixie is amazing. They should have played him flamboyant and gay in Family Matters. It would have made the show way more entertaining. Ah, <laughs> uh, I like Reginald. He's a good guy. I assume I don't know him at all. I just uh, liked him playing Dash DeWitt. Yeah. So she goes to school and. She finds, and it, it starts at the beginning of school with her filling out this questionnaire, a sex quiz, which she was answering and slipped to her friend, but it never reached her, and Jake Ryan picked it up. Yeah, Jake Ryan, there are a lot of problematic things about Jake Ryan. However, he just stole her note. I understand that it ended up, like, landing. What's he supposed this, to do? Give it back to her. She left. Not when he put his foot on it and pulled it back towards him. He should have just picked it forward. It's not his note. You don't need to read that note. When you see someone writing a note in class, the polite thing oh, to do, man, either leave it or kick it towards them. That's true. I would have read it. That's, no, you wouldn't have. I don't know. You're like the most honest person ever. You would not have read it. I might have, but you wouldn't have. <laughs> but I would I'm have going to say the soundbite of, you're the most honest person ever. And... Do nothing with it because I don't know where that comes. I was gonna say like I, I never accuse you of being a liar. <laughs> like it's not gonna help you in and arguments. If you ever do, I'm gonna play it. No, your your honesty mm -hmm. is never an issue for us. So, anyways, it on the note includes the fact that she's a virgin and saving herself for Jake. She doesn't say she's saving herself for Jake. Oh no, it says that she would have sex with him. Yeah, she it says, says she's a virgin. Although the I'll... question is, have you ever done it? And she says. I don't think so. <laughs> and then the next question is, if you wrote you don't think so, <laughs> would you want to do it? Or something like that. Why is the question, if you wrote I don't think so? Who would put that in the question? Like, it was who would funny because I was watching it and I was like, I don't know, maybe a high schooler would. And I was like, uh-uh. Like, high schoolers know more about sex than I do. Of course. <laughs> like, Depends on where you're going to school. I feel like I went to a school that was fairly knowledgeable. I myself was not, but. I don't know. I don't know. I, but that is Jake's number one mistake. There will his be first many. Mistake. That's his first mistake. All right. Samantha, You're right. It's not his number one in like hierarchy of mistakes, yeah. but it's the first one we see. Samantha then goes home and she finds both sets of grandparents are staying for the duration Hold up. of the We're going to skip visit. the whole bus? We're going to mm -hmm. skip her riding the bus? Mm -hmm. And Anthony Michael Hall also being problematic? No, I'm just reading what IMDb has. IMDb missed the entire bus scene and the classic performance of John Cusack. Which I didn't know was her until you mentioned it later when I said, this is not John Cusack? I see Joan and John in everything because I love them so much. Yeah. Is Wait, I have a question for you because yeah. you know things about movies. Is Say Anything a John Hughes movie? I don't think so. Say Anything is 
Cameron Crowe. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's right. I was only saying and that. that was, was made John and five years John after this. That was in 89. God, I love that movie. Are we going to get to watch that one? I really don't, I don't know. I love it was, that movie with okay. everyone in me. It was awful. It's so it was bad. better than this trash. Oh. But it was. But it was <laughs> I think awful. it would have less problematic parts yeah. in it. Yeah. Okay, anyway, let's talk about the bus. Yeah. Go for it. So you said your experience on the bus is that everybody just ignored each other. Was that it? Yeah. That's not a thing. People like doing all that. No, it's a thing. It's just not a thing you experienced. I feel like my bus, kids were like loud and obnoxious. I, all I wanted on the bus was to be invisible. Me too. And like, I would put in my earbuds or my headphones at the time and listen to my disc man and hope no one bothered me. But of course they always did. Someone would always say, what are you listening to? And then they would judge what I was listening to. It was terrible. I hated being What were you listening to? I think at the time I was listening to Stroke Nine. Who the hell is that? They had, oh gosh, you would know the one song. I can't remember. They had one uh, one hit wonder. I had this habit when I was younger of hearing a one hit wonder and then like buying the album. And then I would know all the songs by that band and no one else would because they only had one hit. Hmm. But anyway. I remember I was always judged. I, sh- I just felt like I was constantly being judged on the bus. People were mean to each other. Not so much on the bus that I was in when I was younger, because in that neighborhood, we all knew each other. But once yeah. I moved after my parents' divorce, that bus was terrible. I hated it. Oh, I never had the problem. I just remember everyone keeping to themselves and not bothering each I other. I wish, man. That'd be nice. Which would be nice, because it'd be hard to, for me to stay invisible, because I was carrying my big trombone case. Mm. That would be but I wasn't on right the bus. for the picking. I wasn't on the bus too much in high school, though. I guess... I was. No, my mom was... Before before I started driving and to drive myself to school, I drove myself to school all of junior and senior year. But before that, my mom was a substitute in my district, and she usually dropped me off. Okay. So I didn't take the bus much in high school. Yeah, and I didn't have a car in high school, so I never drove. I. It was sad. When my friends started getting their licenses and stuff, they would pick me up. I was the friend who picked people up. But I did not have a car, so I did not drive. But I mean, I, sometimes I would take my dad's car. But anyway, let's talk about Anthony Michael Hall. What about him? He was very aggressive with Sam. The whole movie he was. I know, but that was the start of it. But this is what bothers me, though, is that when you watched it before, you were like, "Oh, he's just a nerd trying to be cool. And now you watch it and you're like, no, he's, I don't want to say assaulting. That's not the word I'm trying to think of. But something similar. Help me think of the word. Harassing? harassing? Harassing. That makes He's more harassing sense. harassing her. Sorry, you say assault, and all I thought of was a comic with putting oh salt. Gosh, I'm assaulting you. I can't. And I couldn't. So, yeah, harassing. He's harassing her. Yeah. Like, clearly harassing her. Like, she has to push into his arm to get off the bus. He was picked for that role because he was in National Lampoon. And John Hughes was one of the screenwriters on National Lampoon's Vacation. And really liked him, and that's why he... Oh, that's right. He was, like, the son in all the vacation movies, wasn't he? No, I don't think so. Oh. Isn't that Johnny Galecki? I don't know. I think Johnny Galecki was the son. What am I thinking of? In one of them. I don't know. I've only seen, seen I've only seen the Christmas one. And oh, I don't think I Johnny Galecki's in that one. I haven't seen the original, though. It's really hard to watch now, because you're thinking, like... I understand a lot of people say that, like, Jake Ryan was the problematic character, but, like, you think Michael Hall's character is, like... There's a lot of things he does during this movie that you're like, eh. Well, he's not seen as problematic because he does it under the guise of being a nerd. I know. And just... That makes it worse, yeah. though. It feels, like, more sleazy. I don't like it. Oh, yeah. He was the son. I knew it. Maybe Johnny Galecki was the son in the second one. I don't know. Or one of the others. I don't know. You're right. Yeah, he was the son. I you're right. Things. Oh, thanks. 
All right, go on. So Sam gets home, and her grandparents are there. So she sees the first couple of grandparents. Who are she... the people who are keeping Long Duck Dong with them. Yes. And then she sees the second one, and that's when she gets felt up by her grandmother. <laughs> her boobies are in. Which is strange. <laughs> and then we meet Long Duck Dong, which... It's so problematic. I don't know if this probably should not have been a character. No. I understand the comedic value of it, but I also feel like he could be lifted out of the movie and it wouldn't really change anything. Except that he's the one who tells Jake Ryan that they're at the church. You could have still had the comedic value of him without it being an Asian character (laughs) and all the Asian stereotypes and then gong sounding anytime he shows up (laughs) and and the beginning of everybody was kung fu fighting except it's not that one i realized that last night after we talked about it what is it it's turning japanese but anyways it was awful it was really it was bad Um, it was bad because you know that like when this movie came out that opened so many people up to repeat his lines and then also be racist mm-hmm. in doing so. This just continued for years and years. Oh yeah, it was bad. And he ends up finding a girlfriend at that throughout the movie. I liked her. At the school dance. So then we go to the school dance. School dances, man. And it was like, and apparently in this gym, it was like 100 degrees. In um, real the life. AC, in real life, because the AC wasn't working. They, or they didn't have enough money to actually have air conditioning there. I've heard so many stories about like shows and movies that have done that where like they mm-hmm. can't have the AC on. I think a lot of it is for sound reasons that they can't have AC on. Well, that's probably part of it as well. But I, there's no part of me that wants to be an actor. <laughs> yeah. In that, at the dances when Anthony Michael Hall's character, what's his name? Ted. Is it Ted? I think it's Ted. Gosh. I think it's Ted Farmer, I think is his name. But Ted. Is not- it really Ted Farmer? Because I know she called him Farmer Fred. I thought she was joking. On IMDb, every place, on the every place it said, I think it said Farmer. Oh, okay. All right. I don't know. But he makes a bet that he would have sex with Sam. Just more problematic. Yeah. And that is his friend was John Cusack and some other guy. Yeah. I don't know. I like John Cusack being a nerd, though. He's going to already say anything, too, though. But yeah, he harasses her at the dance as well and makes a bet with his friends that he's going to sleep with her. I feel like that subplot of just making a bet with her friends about that is in every movie, every high school movie. Through the 90s, because like we were still seeing them in the movies that we watched. Like She's All That and American Pie and all that. They kept that trope going on for a long time. Have they stopped that yet? I don't know. No, to be fair, movies. American Pie wasn't any particular girl. No, it was just I'm going to sleep with It was just having girl. sex. I just don't remember, like, I know I grew up in that era, but like, I don't, I don't know, maybe I just hung out with the wrong kids, but like, I don't remember. The people who were having sex didn't think it was a big deal. It was yeah. just like they were having sex. And the people who weren't having sex, I don't remember them trying all that hard to have sex. Yeah. Because I feel like, I don't know, it sounds bad, but I feel like if you wanted to have sex as a high school student, you could have sex as a high school student. Just like, I had to find the right person. Yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like the it, people that these kids were portraying of like wanting to have sex before graduation, the real life versions of that were just people who wanted girlfriends. Yeah. They didn't care so much about the sex part because if they got the girlfriend, then it would just slowly get to that point. I don't know. I just don't feel like sex was that big of a deal when I was in high school. What is like if you did have sex, it was yeah. a big deal. But like it wasn't like everyone was trying to. Yeah, I don't 
remember being that big of a deal either we both went to like really big high schools though i wonder if when it's a smaller high school if it's like a bigger deal because you know everybody possibly and then they're in the auto shop room at the dance sam and ted begin talking and sam confesses her love for jake and that's when sam says that she's saving herself for jake ted tells her that jake was asking about her at the dance and i enjoyed this and i enjoyed it's funny because watching this movie and never seen it before but we just watched the Psych episode not too long ago. Yeah. Where it was based on all the 80s films when they're at the school dance or at the reunion mm-hmm. at the gym. And it was funny watching this and being like, hey, I remember that from Psych. Yeah. And being in the auto shop room. Yeah, the they did a really good job of it. And they agree that Sam should just go and talk to him. As she's leaving, Ted reveals the wager to Sam who in her excited state agrees to loan him her panties to help him win a dozen floppy discs. It also feels like more she's just trying to, like, get him to stop talking get, to get away from him. Yeah. Jake. Yeah. Yeah. Which, like, come on, Sam. Yeah. And I've seen that one scene before with him showing up and with them paying the $1. Although I will say later... Him, him coming out of the yeah. stall. But I will say later, her friend tells her that her little brother, like, paid money to see her panties and she, like, screams. Yeah. What did she, she think he would do? <laughs> like, maybe she didn't think he was going to have people pay to see it. But, like, you gave him your underwear. You had to know someone was going to find out about it. Or else he wouldn't have won the bet. Definitely. But then later, Ted and his friends crash the senior after party at Jake's house. During which the entire house is completely trashed. That was bad. Yeah, Although it was. I will say I appreciated the comedy of Jake just being, like, completely apathetic to what his house looked like. Yes. Like at yeah. the end when he comes out and like everyone's gone, like he just looks so he doesn't look happy about it, but he's okay. Like it makes me wonder what kind of parents he has. Yeah. And then some of the jocks pin Ted under a glass table. Abducts his friends and take them for a joyride in the trunk of their car before releasing them unharmed. You know, they're so nice to them. They like pat him on the back and send them to their house. I had forgotten even though I've seen this many times, I'd forgotten Sam didn't go to that party. Like, I, there are things that I remember about this movie when I think about it, and I think about the dance, and I think about the party, and I think about the wedding. I had forgotten that Sam was only in two of those things. Yeah. And she's not invisible during that part of the movie. Like, they show the scene with her dad and, like, on the phone with her friend and everything, but she's the minor part at that point when everything's happening at the party. And then during the parties when Jake keeps trying to call... Sam. I, I enjoyed that scene with the grandparents <laughs> answering the phone. And that was... Sam's lucky she has us. <laughs> Those grandparents are good. Yeah, really Both like sets. Them. Both sets of grandparents are just great. So Jake finds Ted trapped and they begin to talk. And that's when he asks more about Sam. And Ted explains what's going on. Ted is the worst kind of nerd because, like, he's the nerd that tries so hard if you're a nerd and you're just like this is who i am it's fine like his friends know they're nerds they know to be afraid of the popular people and they like stay in their own lane and they seem fairly happy with it but ted is like the guy who is like really unhappy with who he is and he is going to lie and be annoying to become better than what he is yeah and this is the part up until here i hadn't thought jake was so bad And this was the part, the first inkling that, oh, he maybe not be the best guy. Because when he's talking to Ted, he says, I've got, what's your face? What's his girlfriend's name? I don't remember. Up in my room. You think I can't just do whatever I want while she's in there passed out? So that was the first inkling. Something's not right with this guy. 
And Carolyn. It's annoying to me that Carolyn is written as such a two-dimensional character because she's literally tossed around between those two guys throughout the movie and treated as just an object the whole time. And we're supposed to just be like, yeah, but that's okay because she's popular and annoying. Like, we're supposed to think she, like, deserves to be treated this way because of who she is. Yeah. That's terrible. I feel like this movie could be, like, re-edited to be, like, a psychological thriller or something because of all of the problematic stuff in it. But then he sends Carolyn to go with Ted and his father's Rolls Royce. He tells him to drive her home, but basically, like, at that point, you're like, okay, that's nice. And then... Doesn't he say something like, you, she's, can, she, she's you can do whatever you want to her. Yeah, she's drunk, like so you can do whatever. Yeah. Like, what? I can't. I cannot. Carolyn deserves better. Justice for Carolyn? Justice for Carolyn. Justice for every female in this movie. The racism is probably the most, like, obvious problematic part of it. But the way that women are treated in this movie is just horrible. Like, her sister marrying this, like, total jerk. That everyone will admit is a terrible person. And she's completely stoned through her entire wedding. wedding. Which makes you wonder, is she of sound mind to agree to marry this guy right now? Probably not. Probably not. And who knows what he's going to do to her when she finally passes out later. Like, the way women are treated in this movie is horrible. So then they go to Ted's friend's house. He at that part, too. To take a picture of him with Carolyn together in the backseat of the car. And then the next morning, we're at Sam's house. And they eventually make the family... Oh, hold on. We skipped a part in this where her dad remembers that he forgot about Oh, yeah. He forgot about it. He comes in the middle of the night and says, I can't believe I forgot your birthday. I thought that that was a dream. It took me a while before I was like, oh, no, this is a I think it's such a sweet moment. Just because, like, you don't see... I didn't have a dad that was touchy-feely like that. But I feel like even in movies, you don't see dads like that. Yeah. You would see the mom having the reaction she had in the morning when she realized it. But, like... You don't generally see dads sitting down talking with their kids about, mm-hmm. like, she's telling them about her crush. Like, that. Yeah. that's not usually seen in a movie like this. I really liked that. Although every time I see that actor, I just think of him on Full House when he, like, is in the bear costume or whatever it is. That's him? Yeah, isn't oh, it? I don't know. I thought it was. I know you're talking He's the one who, like, has a heart attack, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I know you're talking about, but I have no idea. I, I don't know. Him. It might be. I'm going to look it up. Right, so the family draws to the church. Where Jenny takes a few too many tranquilizers and causes a scene throughout the wedding ceremony. Meanwhile, Jake goes on a search for Samantha at her house, only to find Long Duck Dong there, getting over his bad hangover, and tells him where Sam went, and of course says that Sam's actually the one that's getting married. Jake finds Carolyn and Ted the Geek passed out in the backseat of the rules in a nearby parking lot, where he uses the excuse of finding them together to break up with Carolyn, who has, at this point, fallen for Ted. So it doesn't mind the breakup very much. Just so weird. Yeah, it is awkward. Because don't they talk about, like, having sex? Yeah, and he says, did I enjoy it? He says, of course I did. She says, did I enjoy it? No, he he says that. And he says, did you enjoy it? Because he says, did I enjoy it? And he says, what are you talking about? Of course I enjoyed it. Did you enjoy it? And she says, I think so. Yeah, that's bad. (laughs) Yeah. That was... And there was also one of those that, like, neither one of them, both of them were drunk, so neither one of them remember. Like, it's hard. Neither one of them remembers it. Afterward, Jake drives to the church just in time to meet an incredulous Sam after her sister's wedding. And Jake and Sam finally meet face-to-face for the first time. Jake invites her to his house instead of the wedding reception. Samantha accepts. And then the movie concludes with Jake and Sam sharing a kiss over birthday cake 
that has 16 candles. Sam and Jake will kiss. I wonder if their life will be full of bliss. Huh? Who am I thinking of? Probably the father from Sixteen Candles. He was in Sabrina the Teenage Witch. I never watched that. That makes me sad. He was in. That's Ellen. a weird thing to be sad about. It's a good show. He was so, in My So Called Life. Yeah. He was in The Mommies. Okay. He was. I don't in... really care about this actor that much. I do. He was in the, the Ben Stiller show. Yeah, that was in the nineties. That was a thing? Yeah. He was in Mad About You. We were just talking about that. He was in The Wonder Years. Oh, he was Pops in The Wonder Years. I've only seen a handful of episodes. I love The Wonder Years. He was in Coach. I do like Coach. I'm going to give some background information on this movie. John Hughes cast Molly Ringwald after seeing her headshot. Inspired by Ringwald's appearance, he put it over his desk and wrote the film just over a weekend with her specifically in mind for the lead role. Interesting. Yeah. Michael Scheffling, who played Jake, was so shy during his audition, it almost cost him the job. Such but, a good-looking dude. But producer Michelle Manning said he was so stunning and dreamy that we cast him. He is. You just look at him like he's just a good-looking dude. In a recent podcast, Anthony Michael Hall admitted when the cattle call of teen actors showed up to be cast as extras in the movie, John Hughes told Hall to just pick two to be your buddies. They're your buddies. You choose them. Hall then did, in fact, choose the actors who would play Bryson Please. Bryce was played by John Cusack. Yeah. And so this means that John Cusack owes a big debt of his career to Anthony Michael Hall. Because wow. he's the one that picked him. And Anthony Michael Hall says, I don't even think he's aware of that. Auditioning for the role of Samantha Baker were also Laura Dern huh. and Robin Wright. Haviland Morris, who played Carolyn, had a body double for the nude shower scene. But not because she was against being naked, apparently. Because... She was supposed to have bigger breasts than them, and she didn't. So she wanted them to get a body double. Because, listeners, you cannot have large breasts and be that skinny unless it's fake. This is my PSA. Do not aim to look that way because it is not natural. Carlin Glenn, who played Brenda, who's the mom, confronted John Hughes about the fact that the script didn't call for her to apologize for forgetting her daughter's birthday despite the fact that her character was described as a good and attentive mother. Hughes agreed and added the scene where Brenda tearfully apologizes to Samantha. I liked that scene too. I feel like it was needed. Because yeah. it was a, it was like, she felt really bad and you could tell that as a mom she felt really terrible. Mm -hmm. And then also they shared this sweet moment where they talked about how her little brother's a jerk. <laughs> he is a <laughs> jerk. <laughs> That's a punk kid. It's, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe that makes me a terrible person, but... I always like scenes where parents talk to one sibling and make... Bad mouth the other no, sibling? No, not bad mouth, but make inside jokes about oh, other yeah. stuff. I don't know. It humanizes the parent. Because, I don't know, I guess when you're little, you think that, like, your parents don't see the bad in kids. Like, they just are so in love with them that they can't yeah. see any bad. And I always liked in movies when they would be like, no, yeah, you're being a jerk. Who in the Gilmore Girls universe would like this movie? It's gotta be Lorelai. She loves 80s movies. That's when she was a teenager. It's I, It's got to be Lorelai. There's no one else that would be a good choice for it. Except for oh, Rory, who Suki. would like it. Suki would like it. That's true. I always forget that Suki and Lorelai are the same age. I feel like they would like the same movies, though. 
Yeah, Suki would like it. What would you rate this movie out of 10 cups of coffee? Four? Okay. I think it's a good movie. I think there's just so much in it that like it's hard mm-hmm. to get past. It's one of those movies that you think, oh, one day I want to show my kids the great movies from my day. But like, I don't want to show my kids this movie because I don't have to explain all of the problematic stuff. That's the same way I feel like one of my favorite movies from when I was younger was Revenge of the Nerds. I haven't seen and that. And that's the way I felt. It's as problematic as this movie is. I would, yeah, I feel like a lot of and movies from awful. that time were really problematic. But, but I feel like Say Anything is not one of those movies. I really feel like I, 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 I need to go back and watch I it. Didn't I didn't watch think... Say Anything until you had me watch it. So we're both in our late 20s, early 30s. And I don't remember anything problematic in it. I, <laughs> and I feel like I well, would have. Well, because the main character is a guy. Yeah. Which is different than a lot of these other ones. And he's a good person. Yeah. Like, his best friends are women. And, like, he, he treats women well. I don't think that movie has any problematic stuff in there. Yeah. I'm gonna that one it, I want to show our guests. I'm going to give it a four as well. It's hard to say. It's, I was going to say it's an easy watch in that it's quick. It's nothing too deep. It's nothing too deep. But it's also not an easy watch in that it's, there's a lot of iffy moments that would not be made today or made in the same way but i would give it a four it would be a three except it was an hour and a half and i like that time length so that that added an extra cup of coffee okay for the next movie it's two hours and five minutes for the next one we're going back to 1951 and we're watching a streetcar named desire and then after that is the outsiders that is true an Oklahoma written, written by someone from Oklahoma as well. Was it filmed in Oklahoma? S.E. Hinton. Yeah, it was filmed in Oklahoma. And I think the author was from, is from Tulsa. And then after that is, oh, that one with Barbara Stanwyck. I can't remember the name of it. I was really excited about Double it. Double Indemnity? Double Indemnity, thank you. Uh, there's, yeah, you're right. Double Indemnity. Then Heather's, then Psycho. I know, but I was excited about Double Indemnity because I really like that yeah. I really like Heather's, too. I'm excited for you to see Heather's because you've never yeah, seen it before. I understand. I've seen Double Indemnity. I think I showed you Double Indemnity. No, I watched it because of another podcast. Oh, okay. I, I was listening to a podcast that goes through the AFI Top 100 movies. Oh, that's and Double Indemnity's one of them. So I bought it just for that podcast. Maybe when we watch that, this is like way down the road. Maybe when we watch that, we should that's eat. That's two movies down the road. Okay, it's two. Well, well three, four I guess. weeks. Yeah, I know. We should make mashed banana on toast. I don't remember that aspect. It's not in the movie. It's it's from Gilmore Girls. Oh, okay. I was like, I don't remember that movie. Okay. But the next one is A Straight Card in Desire. I have long said that the most overrated actor in Hollywood history is Marlon Brando. I don't know that I've ever heard you say that. I have long said it to myself. I feel like he's extremely (laughs) overrated. He mumbles when he talks. You can't understand him. However, this is often thought of as one of his like great movies, and I've never seen it. So maybe this will change my mind. It's good. It feels, I don't know, from my previous experience, I felt like it was very overact. It felt very overdramatic. And it's a play, though, so I feel like... Mm. Marlon Brando, overdramatic. That goes together. I feel like things that are meant to be a stage mm-hmm. production always feel a little overdone yeah. when they're in a movie. So it has that kind of feel yeah. to it. Wow, I didn't realize you had such a strong oh, I, feeling about I, Marlon Brando. I'm not a fan of Marlon Brando. I do not think he was a good actor. And he should not have gotten the part of Sky Masterson and Guys and Dolls. That should have gone Frank Sinatra. And it's a travesty that he sings in a musical. But I know that your connection to Gene Kelly is going to be really easy <laughs> for that movie. Possibly. It probably will be. Okay. I'll think about it. It's 1951, so that's... I'll yeah, find, yeah. even if it's not Brando, it'll be somebody. Who's the actress in that? I can't remember her name. The actress in that is 
Vivian Lee. Vivian Lee, okay. Yeah, Vivian Lee. Good. She's Vivian. really good in it. Yeah. I'm just looking at the actors and actresses to see if anybody catches my eye that's in something with Gene Kelly. Nope. You don't want to do that on your own time? Nope. Yeah. Want to do, do, do it on the podcast. Okay, so we will catch you in two weeks. And we watch A Streetcar Named Desire. Join us in a couple weeks. So that does it here for 16 Candles. You need to come up with a theme song for our podcast. Podcast. No. Podcast. <laughs> Bye. Bye.